Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. Kind of weird that we're not doing this on a Tuesday to start the week, but we appreciate you guys joining us on this Thursday. Welcome into the PHNX Rising Podcast. It's your boy, Max Simpson. We are going to be talking about everything from Birmingham Legion to Monterey Bay. And joining me with my bay is Mr. Owen Evans. How are we doing? Eventually, we'll get over these weird intros and transitions. You love them. You love them. You love them. We're already appreciate y'all joining us in the chat. Uh, Little banter with Harry and Albert there. Uh, Yeah, Harry. uh, Owen. Owen had some choice language for you. Rising, what champions look like? Maybe like San Antonio will show Rising not how to secure a stadium as well. Yeah, he said it a bit more abruptly and with some choice words. We will not say this is well. It's not kid family programming, but it's something. But I digress. Uh, We got a lot to get into today first off owen we talked a bit about it on sunday with the post match after rising pulled off that two to one victory away to top seeded birmingham and legion and it's still kind of like one of those like you pinch yourself man like we watched up again you we disagreed a bit but overall the better team won yeah but, yeah yeah i think overall yes Yes, I think the Phoenix Rising probably did deserve to win that match. Um, at the end, it was a very gritty performance. It wasn't uh, straightforward. I think they showed a lot of just... Uh, some people call it the dark arts. Some people will call it smarts, right? Mm. In the way that they finished that game, the way they closed it out, the way that they took a lot of yellow cards late as well. In fact, it was nine, I believe, in the end. Yes, nine, nine, of for, nine for Rising, two for Legion. But yes, precautioned. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that... A certain member of the team I may have seen in the airport afterwards coming back, kind of laughing to himself, looking at the video and saying, hey, well, we did what we had to do to win. Yeah, it's a gritty, and that, that's, it's that's, gritty man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you go away and you play a team like Birmingham Legion, a team that are going to be up there at the end of the season in the East, if you win, you win, right? There, there's an element to which, yeah, you want to dissect things. You want to know where things went well, where they could improve. But a win's a win in that kind of a game. You're not looking to to go over and and dominate in a game like that. You shouldn't have to. Right. No, and it's one of those things where I think we've seen rising grow into each game, game after game, match after match, that they are, you know, playing in. But I think even in this one, while it took them maybe 10, 15 minutes or so to get in it, I think it was a less of a lull compared to other matches, and they really didn't take their foot off the gas, at least from what I saw. Yes, they conceded the goal, and that kind of swung the momentum for a second, but then they score the second goal, and you're thinking, like, I don't know. I didn't see anything that was going to relinquish that lead. I still hold firm in that. I didn't get the same vibes as in San Diego when they grew into the match, or even Greenville, where they were holding that 1-0 lead, and they started growing it. This was, to me, a more comprehensive performance I'm still trying to put my finger on exactly what it was, but I think they just dominated in all the different areas of the field that you need to. It comes down to that. They won the assignment, you know, against their individual man. Yeah, and a lot of it, I think, just... Look, they they made a promise to themselves they were going to go out and get two wins. Um, Mm. You saw a lot of determination, a lot of belief from those boys, and I, I know that I... 
I tweeted this out after the game and I made the point. I hope that people who, who were doubting them, I don't mean people who were doubting them going into that one game, right? Because mm -hmm. we weren't expecting result in that game. Right. But a lot, there were people who were writing this team off after going away to San, after, uh, to San Diego. Sorry, Harry in the chat's got me thinking it's San Antonio. <laughs> uh, after going away to San Diego and the team losing 3-0 there, there were people writing them off in the second week saying, yeah. oh, it's back to the old. It looks like last year again. And that was way too early to make that judgment, yep. especially with a team that was dealing with injuries, a team that had barely played with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and we we actually saw, I think, on the weekend, what this team is capable of doing. Uh, and I, I think it's exciting. I think to see the fact that they can go away and get that kind of result really gives you confidence about where they're going this season, right? There's still work to do, of course. But so far... I mean, can we go away with the results they've had against, to be honest, when I crunch some numbers, probably the toughest schedule in the league yeah. to start the year. They've had the, the toughest opponents to face early doors. Uh, I mean, a Charleston Battery team that have now done the double over Tampa Bay Rowdies. You had San Diego Lowell who were expecting to be up there. Birmingham Legion mm. were expecting to be up there. And Rising have only lost one of those four games. Yeah. Two draws and a win away from home in Birmingham. How do you how do you find fault with that, perhaps? Yeah. I think that look, could possibly some results have been better? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for they sure. could have been. But overall, given the context, given the circumstances this team is in, I think that we should be quite confident about what we have seen. We should be quite confident they're going to improve on that, continue to build. And when they face opposition, some of which coming up will be weaker. Yeah. Some of them won't be, but some of them will be. Yeah. I think this is a team that can really start to kick on. Yeah. And again, in those in those four league matches, only one of them at home. It was their stadium opener. And uh, you know, it's one of those. Yes, you have 10,000 plus fans on your side, but also the nerves had to be crazy in that game. And we saw that it was a slow start. So even that one's a caveat. You're talking about you're going to see more matches where you're playing it at home. You're seeing that. I think that's kind of the... I guess, spin zone of this where not everyone is playing at where the, the level that we expect them and know that they can play. And that to me is a positive. I mean, you're seeing Danny Trejo coming back from injury, coming on as a substitute, scoring a goal. And like, you already know his ceiling, what we can see. He's only going to get better as he grows back in a form, as he rounds the corner there. Even someone like Arteaga, where he's missed his fair share of chances. And like, believe me, we've talked about this ad nauseum. We're not going to get into it too much. But like, even when he, you know, maybe he buries, you know, a couple more of those, brings that percentage up a bit. There's hope for him. The back line. Finally, they're starting to piece games together where you're seeing that cohesiveness, where you're not churning through injuries, where when Mayor was injured, King got uh, you know brought in for that first game. He was rotating through, and you're seeing a bit of solidity of that aspect. Then you bring in Carlos Harv in the midfield. He's teaming well with Zambrano. Like you see all these different pieces, and it's now games and games of you're not having to sh like chop and change all these different guys from game to game, and that's something where it is so difficult to build consistency in this league from game to game over a long season when you build in cup matches, when you build in everything else going on. And so now you finally see those fruits of the labor happening all at once. It's only going to get better from here, you know, if this team keeps on progressing as we think they can. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I, I mean, I spoke with, with Juan about some of this stuff today and I asked him about, you know, 
Danny Trejo and, and Gabby Torres. It's the second time that Torres has, has assisted Trejo so far this season over the course of four games. Yeah, these yeah. relationships are building. They are building a lot because of just the amount of time these guys are having to spend together. Yeah. I mean, the back line, the back line and Rocco Rios Novo, the amount of time they're spending out there on the field, you, you see how often they pass between each other because of how Rising plays out the back, because of the oh. way that they are not necessarily the quickest in their build-up. They're quite methodical, quite deliberate, I'd say. Yeah. They, they, I mean, that's one way of putting it. Other people would say slow, but... Um, the, the nature of the way they do things, they, there are going to be a lot of passes around in there. And against a lot of these teams, you can't risk making mistakes there. But what we've seen is that over time, over time, over time, they're actually getting better. They're getting a little bit more confident. We actually saw Rocco did push up a little bit more in that he last did. game. He, he was at, he was he at like the center circle at one and point. And that was, that was yeah. actually planned. Um, it was planned that he was going to maybe play a little bit more of a sweeper kind of roll like that almost and come up and push up. But... They, they adjusted away from that. They saw it wasn't quite working how they wanted, the way that, that Birmingham were reacting to it. They weren't quite happy with how it was. So they, they made that change in the game. But that was planned. Yeah. No, that's, it's something that you see little tweaks from this team each and every week. The first week, it was complete passing out of the back with almost zero verticality. The next week, you're a bit more decisive where, hey, you're able to dribble forward, solid Carlos Harvey get in the mix. The next week after that, a lot more of, you know, hunting the goal around the box. That's how you get those two, uh, you know, inside the 18, near the six goals from Arteaga in that game against San Diego. And then this one, a lot of verticality, a lot of balls in over the top, a bit more mixed into what we're seeing. It's something that, we can even say the 1-1 one, one draw against Charleston Battery was, to me, a lesser performance than the 0-3 loss to San Diego. And that's something that we've talked about. This team improves week to week, even regardless whether the scoreline reflects it or not. And now you're starting to see scoreline starting to reflect it. And we all know that they're not going to go, you know, we're not saying they're going to go undefeated or that they're not going to, you know, drop points here and there. But it's, to me, it's more indicative of what the performance and product that you're putting on field. It has drastically improved game after game. And that's something where they raise the standard, they keep it, and then they keep on incrementally improving. Yeah, and that's the sign of a playoff team. That's the sign of a team. If they can keep improving, or at least they get, they're going to keep pushing on slightly now, mm -hmm. slightly and slightly and slightly until they get to a, a level whereby you can kind of stay at that level. I, I, I mean, they're in the right direction towards it right now. Yeah. As you said, it's every week. It's getting slightly better. Every week, there's just something extra that's being fixed. And it goes down to something that was actually said after, after the very first... Uh, game, the game away to Charleston, um, and Juan said, "Like, look, when they when they finally get it, when it finally clicks, it's mm -hmm. going to be great. 100%. When they finally get it, it will be great. One hundred percent. It's it, it takes time. It does, but they are moving so much in that direction that just I I, I after all the negativity last year, after all the concern we had after a very poor season." Uh, they felt like there was a lot of deflection at times yeah. around blame and this just feels different. It feels like we're going to see a, a rising team that's going to maybe not be at the, the level of the rising of old that was dominant in, in this league, but at the very least will be a team that 
will compete with anyone on any given day and should be expected, I think, to quite comfortably make the playoffs. No, for sure. And it's starting to change that mentality. You see it with our fans, everyone in the chat. You see Thomas saying, no more somber Saturdays, man. No it's more been, somber Saturdays. That's it. it, it, uh, it let's let's balance it. We'll have a few, just not a somber, no, but it, it's sure. been It's been a good bit of good Saturdays, and especially on Sunday with the victory. So a little bit Very of good Sunday. breaking up the week. Jose in the chat saying, I'm becoming a bit too optimistic about rising. Bring me down to earth, fellas. Jose, we keep it balanced. There's the, the yin and the yang, so to speak. And actually, I'm even seeing a yin and the yang in the profile picture of Kai. This team gives me hope unlike last year. That's for sure. I mean, man, that's we'll like... We'll bring that, you down in a minute, Jose, we, we when will. we talk about we, what Monterey Bay can we will. do. Yes, but I mean, that, 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 that to me is it. It, it is hope. That is what... There's hope that, in this team that, this that's, that's the beauty about why you watch sports, why you watch this beautiful game, why you watch this team, is you hope to gravitate towards the ability and the just hope and understanding of we can be better from year to year and we can strive for greatness. And it's something where it's early in the season. Look, they're getting I, there. I wouldn't, it's call, really cool I wouldn't call this team uh, a favorite sure. going into this. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the nature of the USL playoffs, we've seen it time and time again. You just have to get in. Yeah, You just have to get in. The nature of it, it's one-off games all the way, all the way through the final. It's one-off games. You get in. I mean, if you get a home playoff game, there you go. You might win the first round then. Yeah. You've got to win two games, possibly on the road, following it to get to the final. Yeah. It's not impossible. Never impossible. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it kind of goes in line with what we've been saying, right? You've been hovering around the third or fourth place prediction in the standings for your, you know, monthly kind of recap. I've been in around the fifth or sixth place mark. So we're about there. It seems the mentality, it's starting to shift a bit with the team, getting a bit more positive. And, you know, you heard from Juan that perhaps there's a bit more of influx of players coming in, returning from injury that might have helped change that tide a bit. I did indeed. So let's have a listen now, actually, to Juan talking about the injury update. Jose's uh, full team training, which is which is great. It feels good when you when you throw a player in training with with the quality of Jose and you you see it right away. It's just, you know what I mean, his speed of thought, his speed of play, how much he communicates, he talks to to his teammates around him, and also how comfortable he feels in our in our system and also the style of play. It's uh it's clear, it's clear right away. And then uh Fed has been in full team training as well. So little by little we are we're recovering all of our players. And um, and then listen, I cannot wait to be at full strength. It's gonna be tough for us as a technical staff and for myself as a head coach to to make decisions of who plays. You can only, I mean, put 11 players on the starting team and you can only dress 18. And if you ask me today, I will say every single player in this squad, including the academy boys, deserve to be in that 18. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough and it's going to be, I mean, moments that we're going to have to make hard decisions moving forward. But at the end of the day, the players understand where they are. They understand the team that we wanted to build. And that's just going to create, I mean, internal competition that is going to be very healthy and it's just going to push everyone to be at their best. I mean, yeah, going off what he said, it's it's bringing up the standard of this team. It's building that internal competition. It is a bit of that next man up mentality, but that even when you return from injury, man, we've seen it where they've guys come back from a hot... Fit all year. That's what I'm saying. Well, people, people come back from... People come back riding the hot hand mm-hmm. that those guys are going to play and i mean i that's something where you want to keep the guys in and not be that entitled of hey 
I'm playing well, keep me in. And it's that's what we've seen so far. I think we're going to see a lot of competition going yeah. forward because, again, I mean, Fede Varela was starting yeah. prior to injury. Um, quite what you choose to do with Jose Andres Hernandez, I'm not sure. Um, I know that he starts against Charleston Battery. Yeah. Problem is now to, to start it would mean breaking up probably that pairing of Carlos Harvey and Renzo Zambrano. And that, that 10 to me has been pheno- phenomenal. Like I'm most cohesive on the team so far. Yeah, yeah. So I, I personally wouldn't look to do that. Um, I think he, he's definitely got enough opportunity to come off the bench. I think that especially as we look ahead to a week which is coming up where there will be San Antonio on the Saturday, you've got New Mexico away on the Wednesday, you've got Loudon at home then the following Saturday Day, there's an opportunity there to see a little bit more rotation in some way shape or form mm-hmm. uh, i mean we, we've had the discussion on here i'm not sure we need to go into it again now about the scale of rotation in any one game especially yeah. given who they are playing on that wednesday um but yeah they, there's still opportunity for there and i mean there's opportunity off the bench as well you can't expect guys like carlos harvey and renzo zambrano to play 90 minutes every week it won't happen no. you, you're gonna need some rotation in there in that sense so I'm I'm intrigued. I, I think that overall, though, it, it kind of it feeds into some stuff over the mentality of the team as a whole. Um, and I I asked Juan about that because obviously Rising won last weekend. You kind of have that expectation that okay, atmosphere and training is going to be good. It's yeah. going to be great. Now, of course, to an extent, take it with whatever pinch of salt you want because it is what Juan said rather than anything else. But he said that they, there's no real difference, he notices, between what they're like now and what they were like before, that this mm. team has, has been hungry and focused this entire time. That hasn't changed in light of the fact that they got that win on the weekend. Sure. That they are still pushing. They've had so many kind of awkward setbacks over the course sure. of the season. You've had various players injured. You've had the trip to Mexico City where not everyone could go. You had the fact that they come back from Mexico City. They had to go train at Legacy Sports Complex because they weren't able to... Uh, train at the new stadium yet they got into yeah. the new stadium and trained in the new stadium for the first time the day before the home opener and and battling through all of that he thinks has just brought this team together in a lot yeah. of ways they're, they're very much focused they're yeah. a focused team um and and that's that's where they are right now um i i mean it's intriguing because even look, even looking at the competition, you've got guys like Darnell King as an example, hasn't been in the 18 for two of the last three games. Yeah. And as Swan put it in his own words, that's my team captain. Yeah. That's the team captain. Yeah. And he's not in the 18. Um, it's something that Juan said, look, he looks for guys who contribute not just when they are in the 11, not yeah. just when they're in the 18, but in a lot of different ways. Because if you don't contribute in those different ways, then when you're not dressed for a game, what do you bring into the mm-hmm. team at all? And the answer would be nothing. And he says that Darnell actually does contribute so much off the field. Yeah. Oh, it's going off Thomas's comment. He's bringing the indomitable human spirit. No, but I think it's something where you do have to take, you know, that, that, uh, uh, I guess, perspective with a grain of salt of, yes, I can imagine if you are bottom of the table, you're probably, you know, you're not going to be quite as happy as if coming off a win, against the number one team in the East. However, I do get that there is some, there's got to be validity to what he's saying because even when they were bottom of the barrel, you know, or bottom of the barrel, bottom of the table, you even see that you look around, this is not a club who should be bottom, not just bottom of the table from expectations, but also bottom of the table from how they've played. It just doesn't match up. And it's something that, you know, 
they're only going to get better from here. By the way, uh, yes, Sly, thank you for calling out Beer Tower. It is looking sad. Owen is drinking for two. It is the la uh, Passover. It's almost over. I can have, uh, I'll be able to have my beer soon enough um, after, well, gosh, it'll be next week, but when we have our next show. But yes, uh, we'll be building the tower. And we're building a tower with our friends at Four Peaks because we're already doing that. Our man, man, Owen's got the Wowie beer, the Suns brew. Already looking good, and right, we're going to be looking good on April 27th because we're going to be joining our friends at the PHNX Cardinals at Four Peaks 8th Street Pub for the NFL Draft. We're doing our NFL Draft Day live there at their 8th Street Pub. It's going to be so much fun. they got food and beer specials. We're going to be doing giveaways, doing a live show there. The whole shebang, the kit and caboodle, all that stuff. If you're a fan of the other kind of football, please join us there as well. Um, again, also because you will be able to join us and not watch us. We'll get into this a bit later in the show, but because of how the fixtures are looking that week, we're not going to be doing a Thursday show, so you have no reason to not come out and join us. And I hear if you go Hair there... The dog oh, after no. a rising win in New Mexico. Yes, and I hear if you go there, Owen will buy you a no, beer. No, I won't be because uh, okay. I'm, I'm busy, I'm afraid. Okay, well, tough. Anyway, best place to watch. It's at the History Pub. We I'm going to be busy for... disinfecting myself after a, a New Mexico visit, I'm sure. Wow. Fair. Uh, is beautiful. Uh, be Santa Fe's nice. Albuquerque. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not in Santa Fe. Is it no, nice? no, it's not. Register for free in the link in our show notes. Take advantage of these beer specials. You must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. And hey, man, even after that New Mexico trip, everything is going to be a okay. Just like our friends at Circle. Okay, make sure you're missing out on all the great stuff going on. Um, <laughs> they got uh, Polar Pops. Stay cold longer. It's getting hot out. It's kind of that type of weather where you stand outside, you're just sweating. I don't care what you're wearing. You can be wearing a tank, a short sleeve, a long sleeve, nothing. It don't matter. You're going to be sweating. Cool down with a Polar Pop. Get iced coffee. Also cold. Also, but that kind of makes you sweat with caffeine. But hey, it's still good stuff. Iced coffee. They got there for good deals. They got energy drinks all kinds of good stuff there and make sure you're you're not missing out on anything circle k has to offer head to circle k.com slash store dash locator again circle k.com slash store dash locator again this the slash is like the thing that goes like diagonal but the dash is like the thing that goes uh horizontal to find circle k's near you i just did a audio mention for those people who don't know what the difference between dashes and slashes are but check out circle k all right after that transition i know it did so good i didn't pat myself i pat yourself let's talk about monterey bane so many things going on with them they have always been a dangerous team for rising in recent years especially after last year oh wait hold on let's see uh last year was the first year wasn't it man mm, uh wow uh, yeah <laughs> it feels like that's gonna, what last year has done to i'm us. gonna be honest it's i was just about I, was in, I was in transition brain and the, the comments coming off guard uh let's see uh bendius bluebird uh five mission brought to you you're tough he's a tough tough one over there but yes monterey bay yeah, they uh, they were tough uh, go for rising last year, especially it was granted, granted, game, yeah. granted at Monterey Bay was a little bit tougher, but they got some players just a little bit, got some um, players to watch. Yeah, Mont Monterey Bay at home last year, it was 4-0 at halftime. It was the home opener last year, back when things we thought would be good and sunny hmm. and bright. And we saw four goals in the first half hmm. and they conceded two in the second half. Tough. And we were starting to wonder, eh, maybe Tough. not great. We kind of brushed over it saying, you know what? You still won 4-2 in the opener. Yeah. And we saw what happened from there. 
Yeah. But yeah, for, for after that, the the away game for real in Monterey Bay, really exciting game, that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Greg Hurst with the equalizer late rising. Had two penalties in that game. I don't believe they'd had a single penalty that season prior to that moment. Mm. And, you know, like buses, you get two at the same time. Mr. Aiden Quinn. But it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a difficult one. I think Monterey Bay, it's easy sometimes to overlook these younger teams. Um, and I know that, that rising fans have sometimes some opinions let's say over a certain mr frank yallop a former coach here yeah um but they they're definitely going to be dangerous I, I think that there's a lot of uh, they're kind of a mid-table team in my mind there's, there's a lot of talent there that will threaten you and make you worry in individual games but i'm not sure necessarily that they're a major major player i just think that they're a real they're going to be that team that's a thorn in a lot of people's sides for reasons that sometimes you, you wonder why why are we dropping points to this team but there's gonna be quite a few people who do drop points in this and that's year. kind of on in a way who they were last year even how they finished and just some of the results but it's like even those teams even if they're quote-unquote mid-table like you just see that across not just usl but just around the world like those teams are the ones who like that makes the difference in 100%. your season for 100%. sure like that's yeah. that's that's, that's yeah. the cruel irony of no, this too totally yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, so you, you talked about them being a mid-table player. They're not a big-time player. Who are some of their big-time players in your mind? All right. I'm going to start by talking about Alex Dixon. Alex Dixon is someone who has scored at this level before, played at a higher level before, and you get you get plaudits for like, oh, he's okay, he's okay. He, he's not... He's, he, he's not been in amazing for most of his career. Sure. This year... I don't know what has happened to him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is going on there. The guy has played six games. He has taken a total of six shots. He has scored a total of six goals. That's cup and league combined. I'm no mathematician, but that is a 100% shot rate right there. Congratulations, Max. You did get that one right. But um, it's how? How? Now, now, now those six shots, right? The... XG for that comes out to about 2.5. Manuel Artiago on rising side, his, his cumulative for the whole year comes out to about 2.1, but that's just 13 shots. Yeah. He's only scored two goals. So he, he's around about on on target yeah. for the, the chances that he's getting. Uh, but Alex Dixon's just something else. Yeah. And it's, it's game after game. I'm going to make a bold prediction based on, because I'm a contrarian, is if he takes a shot... On Saturday, he will miss that shot. First one of the season, he's missing it. Yeah. It may not be his first shot. I mean, it's going to happen at some point. But it will point. happen. He's it's not happening gonna go 100% this Saturday. For the whole season. Take it to the bank. He's just not going to go 100% for the whole season. So at some point, he's going to miss his shot. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's impressive. It's incredibly impressive when you, you go on that kind of a run and just... You know, people always say you get players who you look at and it's just like they're in that run of form and they can't miss. No, this is literal. He can't miss. Yeah, one hundred percent. Any any other um, big time players you'd like to highlight? Well, I know someone you want to highlight, so I'm going to let you go ahead. With I that do. One, so Sam Gleedle, um, he is. I mean, really, just he, his development as a player. Something that's kind of crazy. So in their last match against New Mexico, um, you know, he did score a goal, two assists, three total shots, and three chances created. But it's really more of just where he gets in positioning. In, on the field so 
we have a graphic for you. You'll see it on screen. I'll describe it for you who those are listening on audio. Um, back when he was with Reno 1868 FC, again, for context, I was with Reno from, you know, 2018 through 2020, saw a lot of Gleedle. He was, I mean, he was listed at a midfield at times. We'll call it what it is. He was essentially a left back, a left wing back, whatever it is. And you notice that on that graphic to the left, that is what he did for like his entire time at Reno. Like it's pretty much, he stayed back mostly. He only dominated the left side. He would get forward here and there, but it's mainly to put crosses in. He wasn't an attacking threat. He was not used that way. You know, he always had good speed, but just wasn't deployed as that out and out, you know, number 10 or box to box, whatever that kind of hybrid he is. Now you fast forward to the one on the right, which was that last uh, zonal map against New Mexico United, where he had those two, assists and a goal he's all over the place and in a good way for uh monterey bay he is consistently threatening a lot of the we'll, we'll show in a second that a lot of the balls that he is helping to orchestrate he is playing these vertical balls that are incredibly challenging and it really strains a defense and something with rising they have a lot of big guys at center back and yeah they have decent speed but he sam glito will stretch a defense especially with speed mm. especially with the balls he plays in and that could pose a challenge. It's something that Rising yeah. hasn't quite seen so far this year. Absolutely. And it's something that's it's kind of the reason why when you speak to people in Rising camp, they say, look, you've got you've got to show respect for this Monterey Bay team. Yeah. You've got to show respect for the way they play and how effective they are at doing it. Now, we will look now, as Max said, at those goals from that last game against New Mexico United. And you can see here, these graphics kind of show what happened in terms of where they win the ball, where it goes from there. The first goal's on the left. You see in that one, it's New Mexico get a corner in. The ball is cleared out. It goes up to Sam Gleedle, who plays it across for Alex Dixon. It's in the back of the net. Yep. Two passes. Okay? Second goal. Two, two Comes passes. from the goalkeeper. Yeah. Long ball up into up to midfield. Flicked on. Gleedle tucks it away. Two passes. two passes. You look at the third goal. One in the midfield from a misplaced pass. One pass. Yep. One pass up there, tucked away. Now the f the fourth goal, <laughs> that that looks like a lot more passing. There's that's a lot my, more going on. Fourth there. goal's the brain on my cot when the coffee yeah, hits. That, but, that's yeah. the one where Ooh. it's just like here, there, here, there, that's here, tough. there, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But you see the fact that three of those four goals come with two passes or less from when they win that ball. Yeah. And it's something where especially Rising has cleaned up the passing a lot out the back from game to game, but it's one of those things. It takes one. It really takes one against this team where they, they capitalize. And you see just the verticality that they play with. It's something that I'm not saying Rising completely doesn't play this way, but it's really, in a way, the opposite of the way Rising seems to attack. And it's just, it's something that they're just haven't really seen at volume this year. And again, between Dixon in his 100% shot success and Gleedle in just the verticality, the pace at which he moves. This is a threatening team. It's the same threatening team we saw last year with a couple different pieces, but like that's the DNA of what they make up. Indeed, indeed. So let's have a listen now, actually, because I did manage to speak to Pan earlier. Let's have a quick listen to what he had to say when I asked him what they were going to do to kind of counter that pace mm. and, and what it is that Monterey Bay can bring. Just have to make sure that, that we protect the ball. We protect the ball as much as we can. And we're always very alert because there's there's going to be times that they're going to. Yeah, I mean, we can we can lose the ball. We can it could be a, a giveaway, a turnaround, or or something. We have to make sure that that we're protected behind the line of the ball, that our center backs, that our sixes, 
uh, are ready to counter press immediately after losing possession, making sure that we keep the team compact, that when we lose the ball, we can counter press and press right away. Listen, if there's not a possibility to counter press, we got to protect spaces behind. We have to make sure that everybody's alert behind the line of the ball, that there's communication, just making sure that, that we have a full game, that we have a full game in each phase of the game. Offensively, we know how we want to play. We want to do things. Defensively, we've got to be compact. We have to be intense and aggressive and solid. And then in each transition moment, we we have to be better. We have to be better in offensive transitions. We had a few transitions by the end of the last game that we were not able to finish them. Same thing in San Diego when we were there. And uh, defensively, I think we've done a good job after the game versus San Diego to protect ourselves from defensive transitions. But this is a this is a, ga- a game that is going to test us again. And, uh, and we're going to have to be ready. But we worked all week and on strengthening the things that we've done well. And we also worked all week in, in making sure that we can keep getting better at the things that we have to improve. So it's going to be a good test on Saturday night. I think it's going to be a very good test because you've seen over these last couple of matches, the way how rising has dominated is as they grow in possession, they shift their back line incredibly high up the pitch and they might do that. It's possible against uh, Monterey Bay, but again, it's the balance of do you play up and play to your strengths or do you sit back a bit and try to counter against Monterey Bay and what they're doing? Because again, all it takes is one playing a high press or a high, uh, high back line and you're scorched. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've got to be disciplined. Yeah. You have to be very disciplined against a team like this because here's the thing. Phoenix Rising has some pace in the team sure. but not the kind of pace that we're talking about when we look at, at teams like monterey bay that's that's not what they have that's not what they've got at their disposal and if they are too reckless in terms of just throwing caution to the wind and, and just going for it there's gonna be problems there yeah. there's gonna be some serious problems because again right I, I, and i see jose here talking about passing lanes and, and right yeah to a degree yes but the thing is, is that when you've got pace like Monterey Bay have, passing lanes don't mean anything. We can just play yeah. the ball over the, the players in between. Yeah. And you're just trying to get it over to someone who is going to outpace that back line. Um, that That's where the concern will be for Rising. And it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be interesting how cautious they do actually come out. Not really sure how they will be. The thing is, we expect that Monterey Bay will be probably quite comfortable to let Rising possess the ball, given the way that they play, given the fact that they they play that kind of very quick, direct style that results in goals. You know, they're, they're not messing around in those three cases, three yeah. of the four goals. They were not messing around at all lamin jaune does not have any need to be referenced on this show anymore thankfully but um it, it's it's gonna be a concern for rising i think if they aren't careful they're gonna concede a couple this weekend if they're not careful yeah well and i think that's really the balance in how you're looking to strike that between how offensive you go how defensive you go where you sit the positioning it's something that that's where you've seen where rising succeeds and has failed this season or come up short this season is all about the positioning. Again, it's all about finding the balance. We try to find the balance with our friends at OGs with their THC happy balance one to one gummies. They have great stuff that have officially hit the shelves, but we got something even more pressing going on with them. Our new collab shirt with OGs is now out. It is live. And if you want to get your hands on it, join us tomorrow, April 14th, 
at Buds of Palooza. Get your ticket at Buds of Palooza. Walk that walked. Uh, I walked today. Everything they have going on, super fun. I'll be there. Got the crew there. Uh, Owen may or may not be uh, making a guest I'll, appearance. I'll come along to film how much of an embarrassment Max makes of himself. Would never do something like that. You never would. No, uh, never. But uh, no, it's it's going to be a great time. All kinds of fun activities going on. Again, check out check it out. Get your ticket to Buds of Palooza. Get your hands on our shirts www.budsofpalooza.com um, to get your ticket. It's a super fun time. Check it out. They got uh, food, eh, food, different attractions, music, all the good stuff. Join us out there tomorrow. And also for those of you on the east side of the valley, check out Valley Taproom. Very excited to partner with our friends out there. Uh, you know, Hurt talked about uh, last week where you were at Trivia Night. Yeah, I went. There. Well, it's this week. Oh yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, Tuesday. everything flies. Wow. It was well, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, no, I was there. Uh, had a nice fair few beers there. Very how, nice place. How many uh how many questions did you get right? How many questions did we get right? Uh some it was golf themed and I don't know who, who may or may not be good at golf. I am not. Whoever says that you know golf just because Gareth Bale knows golf, I uh, how dare they? They would never make that assumption. I don't even know where that one came from. I don't know. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. it was, to, it, was it was a nice time. There was a lot of beer, a lot of variety yeah. there. So pretty much, no matter what you like to drink, they'll have something for it. Mm. Even if you you prefer wine over beer, there is a nice wine selection around the back. Yeah, and you can order food from nearby places as well, which we did ah. take advantage of. A little patio action as well. They got all kinds of nice stuff out there. Always doing events like pub crawls and whatnot. But check them out at the northeast corner of the 202 and Gilbert Road. Tell my boy Donald we sent you there. All right. Oh, lots of big results going on throughout the USL with reverberations and vibrations uh, going on within rising season. Again, we see rising now climbing up the table slowly but surely from their last place spot. Um, and it kind of has the impact of some of the other teams who are, dare I say, Floundering a bit. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about a, a team that's floundering a little bit, but they're not in Rising's side of the... Uh, they're not in Rising's conference. Uh, let's talk a bit about Tampa Bay Rowdies. Mm. People have been saying this on the uh, in the chat earlier about our Tampa Bay Rowdies this year's Phoenix Rising. Ooh. Uh, based on what happened last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Are they the team that are going to disappoint this year? Hmm. And I mean, I'm intrigued by that one. I mean, Max, what do you think? They lost, of course, two one to Charleston, who last, are last night, who are, who are, who are admittedly doing very good. Top of table. They're doing very, very Metro well. Against Ryan They're Lord, very nice. Sitting yeah. at the top of the table, but yeah. now Charleston have done the double over Tampa Bay Rowdy. Yeah. Uh, I think if we are not going to write off Rising after a slow start. We can do the same thing for Tampa. It is incredibly early. They've played six matches, which is admittedly, you know, tied for most in the East right now. But, you know, I get the form is not good. Not mm -hmm. like I'll totally caveat again. You know, we said that results, while they are important and that's what matters in the table, it doesn't mean it's indicative of actual team performance. What's on the pitch is noticeably different than how they played. I just think it's too early. If we are talking at this point, I'm going to say a month from now, we're talking mid-May. That's a very different story. And they're still sitting, you know, borderline playoff position and they're just not looking good. That's different because, I mean, it's not like they're drawing super close matches. They've only scored five goals. They have a minus four goal differential. Like, they're just not in great form. 
Yeah. They're not. No. They're not. And I, I think, look, I think you're right on one regard, which is it's not time to hit the panic button if you're down for Bay Rowdies. Yeah. You're only six games into the season. I'll disagree. You won a bit slightly okay. there, which is that when you are a team like Tampa Bay Rowdies who have been big in this league for a while that have had continuity to an extent as well, despite, yes, suffering that one big injury right before the start of the year, I think that it's more concerning that they're not getting the results. Phoenix Rising gets somewhat of a pass because of the scale of the rebuild at hand. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay Rowdies, I don't think you can give them that much of a pass. I think that we have to be clear that it's been an incredibly poor start for them. Mm. very poor by the standards that they have set as a club yeah. in this league. They do not have starts like that. True. And for them to be doing so should make some fans concerned. Um, quite where they go from here, I, I don't know. What I do know is this, in about half a month, Phoenix Rising will be traveling away to St. Pete to play against them. And if that run of form continues through then and Rising can go there and get a result away to Tampa Bay Rowdies, which I would not rule out mm -hmm. at this point, the way that Tampa are playing, I'd be intrigued to see it. Yeah. It's the... Uh, it's, and I think yeah. that's the point whereby if they don't win, say, between now and then, I think that you're starting to get to a position where there is increasingly growing pressure on Neil Collins as their head coach. Um, it's... It's something that, look, again, you've got a coach who has been there for a while, has had good success with them, but he's never quite managed to make it over the line. And all it takes when you're in that kind of position sometimes is a bad, bad spell of form. And, I mean, look, there's very little in that league at the moment, which is good on the one hand because it means you're not that far behind. It's bad on the other hand, which means you lose a couple of games now and you could find yourself at the very bottom. Down well, there. And I think the other thing is it doesn't help their case that the rest of the league this season, it started off a bit all over the place where you had at times there was, you know, Loudon towards the top of the table and just some other, you know, other teams who are like, what are you doing at the top there? How, how long are you going to enjoy the, the view from the top? And it's now all kind of equalized. You're seeing it, you know, in the West where you have the normal contenders out in front, SAC, San Antonio, switchbacks, loyal, and everyone else pretty much falls in line again, rising, you know, is making their way up there. But like, it doesn't shake out too uneven. Even in the East, there's a couple anomalies, you know, battery up there, Legion, but you know, it's your Louisvilles, it's your... I mean, actually, the East is kind of weird, but I mean, you got you have your Louisvilles and like other contenders who are up there. Tampa Bay, sitting in seventh place right now, again, I'm going back to saying I still need to give it time, but the fact that they're in seventh and they have played everyone below them has played anywhere from one match less to three matches less. Like, it's concerning. Like, yeah. it's a... No, th you that, should that's, be concerned. Yeah. That, to me, that to me is the thing where I'm not panicking if I'm a fan of them because there is so much time, but it's the fact that they've played so many matches and this is like, this I is what they have to show home. to it. Four of them yes, at home. This is what I have to show to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Actually, we got Jesse. Someone claiming to be Jesse, Jesse Marsh. Marsh. Well, how do we, what do you mean claiming to be? That it looks like that is Jesse Marsh. We got Marsh. Jesse Marsh in there. Didn't we have some, who did we have the other week as well? We had, oh, we had Greg Berhalter. Greg Berhalter showed well, up in the chat. Well, also, if you yeah, scroll, yeah, if we scroll up in the chat, we see Jesse Marsh giving rising tactics as well. You rising should play narrow oh, yeah. in the wings. Thanks, you Jesse You never know Marsh. who we're going to get on the, on the yeah. pod. Gotta love it. No, but it's, uh, Tampa Bay, it's an interesting one. I think it's one of those things where if it wasn't the club of their stature, 
it might be a different story, but you know, to the same thing, like you're at, like you asked earlier, are they this year's rising? Rising gets held to such a high standard and deservedly so because they've made their money, they've made their pedigree over the last, you know, three years prior to this one. And this is kind of what happens afterwards. So um, I think justified or not, got to give it time, but I get where there's concern. It's, it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm just intrigued. I'm intrigued when you see the questions of will the SG call for Neil's head? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they will. I think it's one of those things you don't know quite the uh, strength behind those SGs until they actually feel the need to flex the muscle a little bit and see where they will stand up for that. I don't know. We'll see. But um, I will say in that game that we did see, of course, Trey Muse scoring an own goal, which uh, Dave Muse is remarkably no. not commented on on Twitter. But Dave Muse, Leave the fathers out Shout out this. to Dave Muse on Twitter, oh, threatening boy. to fight people as ever, probably. Oh, um, boy. But, Look, I mean, when we look beyond that, I tell you what, Harry's in the chat. We'll give him a little shout out here again. I know we mentioned this on Sunday. We should talk a little bit about, I think what happened in San Antonio on Sunday should get a little bit of talk for one main reason. The main reason being that actually the referee from San Antonio's game, Katya Koroleva, will be taking yeah, charge of Phoenix Rising's game this weekend against Monterey Bay. Now, people were getting frustrated there. It was, I, I mean, I never know quite how much stock to put in sometimes fan wines because you, you even look on twitter at some people and they're like look i don't normally complain about referees but this with the throw-ins or whatever i don't what we're losing it over throw-ins talking about throw-ins talking about throw-ins throw okay yeah yeah but oh man I, I mean beyond that though what what happened in san antonio should not happen i think that there there are clearly issues with the security setup there in San Antonio. Um, the fact that that was able to happen. Yeah. I mean, the kid... Yeah. I, I, I just love as well seeing San Antonio fans will say things like, well, Sacramento's bench baited the kid. I'm sorry. Have you seen... There's one video from like pretty close around that technical area. And it's just like, this kid gets away from the security guy who lets him go pretty much I, just yeah, lets him go i, I can speak of her and then he usl security is not crazy. no they're not <laughs> but like this is after he's already run straight up to the referee which you should not have happening True. at all there's no way that a person running on the field should be able to get that close to the referee without security anywhere near or appearing to react in the slightest yeah. he's being pulled away by a san antonio player yeah. um the the security ultimately it kind of let him go because it was like he'd lost his shoe or something. Yeah. There's a video that shows him this kid is like takes a couple of steps, like smirks, turning his head, and then goes straight for the Sacramento bench. He's nothing about Sacramento baiting him or not. He shouldn't be anywhere near oh, there. Oh boy. Yeah. Shouldn't have been anywhere near there. And I, I mean, hey, it, it's hopefully a learning experience. Yes. For San Antonio. Hopefully they learn from this that you need a a little bit better preparation because when that happens, things could go badly wrong. Like they didn't in this case. We're lucky. What what he did was, I, I mean, he was he did look like a kid. It was quite childish. Um, some people would find it amusing, I'm sure. Um, but it could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, and it didn't, thankfully. But still. Thankfully, well, thankfully it didn't get worse. Um, I really don't have to transition out of that, but uh, thank, thankful for that. Thankful for people who are diehard. in the chat as well. Jeez. I'm stuck on Phoenix Rising no, no, Field no, so no. many times last year. Oh, I mean, fair, fair. Uh, again, <laughs> like I said, worked in Reno no for a handful. Comment. No comment. Uh, worked in Reno for a handful of years. Lovely people out there. Um, not as... Uh, 
not the most agile, put it that way. But yes, um, because, thank you for, for those of you in the chat who are diehards. If you want to become a diehard today, check out phnxlocker.com. They got all kinds of stuff. You can receive sweet, sweet discount on events on these merch. Shout out the Yotes with our collaboration with Four Peaks. Big fan here with the little peaks in the shirt. It's nice burnt orange. Uh, horrible visual for those who are listening on audio, but whatever. Um, and you can also receive exclusive content, access to our Discord chats. We're always popping off in the chat, all that stuff. So if you want to become a diehard again phxlocker.com mr owen evans we have gone this far we have yet to do a score prediction i will oh, not i will not, I will not let you get off the i will not let you sit on the fence this time around give me a score prediction sir this is a juicy one this is an interesting Phoenix one rising to win huh? three two. Ooh, ooh. okay hmm you right. like it? I you do. Like it? I do. I do like it. Well, and let's see. You predicted a loss last week. I predicted a draw. We were both wrong. You're not going with three, two rising. <sighs> one, one draw. I think it's going to be a cagey match. I love rising's foot. I, 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 we all booed you last week. Negative over here. No, no, no. no. I'm Max negative. Negative. This guy. No. I think. I, I give me a one-one draw. I, oh, I like. I like rising's form. I, I think Monterey presents a very difficult challenge, and I think again, all it takes is one. It might have rising shift back into their uh, a different not formation, but just different approach. To me, the real key of this match is who scores first. And that's kind of like a no dub, but I think if Rising scores first, it gives them a much better perspective just because Monterey Bay is so out there, out forward and pressing and just how they attack. And if Monterey Bay scores first, they might be under siege. Rising might have to push forward. And that's just something where it's not like they're not used to doing this year, but I just don't know how that's going to fare. So give me 1-1. Even, one, even one. if Rising one, one take the lead, you saw how Monterey Bay got their equalizer for against, sure. uh, against New Mexico. Yeah. I mean, it was a corner for New Mexico. Monterey Bay took two passes yeah. and equalized. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing positivity Interesting. Here. We're, we're, seeing, some, we're seeing... T- no see one's it. going for a loss. No one's like going, we, Well, we got Jesse March with a 2-2 draw. Benito's Bluebird 2-1 to Rising. Kai with the oh, yin-yang, 3-3. Three, three. Oh. Whoa. Wait, let's see. Jose, 2-1 rising. Devin, 2-1 rising. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty Devin's positive. Devin threw me off there, the way you wrote I know, that. He did, yeah, he did, yeah, I know, he was actually going to go, hang on. I don't, no. three, I don't read school sometimes. Once race goes first, yeah, rising but, win. All right, okay. we, it's a very positive chat. We like this. Much better than last week, where pretty much everyone much was predicting. Much better than last year. Last also, year also that. Well, also that, but yes. Um, we just appreciate that for a minute. Yes. It's... <sighs> All right, we cool. It's nice we, we, to we just simmered. be. It's nice it to just nice. be a lot more positive. It I is think, nice, about and it, well, and the fact where we're saying a draw, where, where you're giving me a hard time for a draw, like that's nice. Better yeah. than a hard time for. Shout out to loves. shout out though to former Phoenix Rising head coach Rick Chance, who's just taken on a role with Arizona Arsenal. There you go. Yeah, uh, coaching the under nineteen boys. There you go. I mean, I'm again more of a Spurs, Spurs man, co Spurs. Uh, but anyway, on that note, we're gonna leave you guys. Appreciate you guys. Unrelated, jo- but- uh, <laughs> I know. Appreciate you guys joining us on the PHNX Rising podcast again follow us on the twitterverse at phnx underscore underscore rising um especially ahead of this saturday because again like the home opener we're going to be bringing to you content 
all types of tailgating stuff. Max uh, is going to be going around asking people questions. I will be asking people questions. Not just scoreline. We're going to make it a little spice this time around. So find me. Offer me your food. I'm I worried. Will I'm offer worried. me your food. I will indulge. It's going to be all good. Please, please, please come find me. I'll find you. We'll get a little content going. Follow me at Max David Simpson on Twitter. You can follow Owen at OJ Evans 18. You can follow producer Shane at Shane. Did you change it recently? Shane Deef? No, it is the same. Yeah, Shane Deef with two Fs. Um, yeah, appreciate y'all. Join us on Saturday. Again, post game right after the match is over. But until then, adios.